0: An ultimate global podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.
1: So, good evening to everyone who is listening to us from Sydney and around the world for another episode of Ultimate Global Podcast. And today, It's a very special topic and I'm sure that a lot of millennials, a lot of youngsters, a lot of people who are on LinkedIn would want to know how to make the best use of LinkedIn and how to build your personal brand. We keep on hearing this a lot. You know, this is a very popular term around the globe these days, but very less people actually know about this term. Um, And I think uh, Deepak only shared a few days back that only 5% or 10% of people actually post content regularly on LinkedIn, which is very, very less, um, you know, and that this is a good opportunity for you to stand out from others um, and also market yourselves in a way that you are projected in the right way. Because at the end of the day, um, I think I've also said in one of our previous uh, sessions with another expert that it's all about selling yourself to the employers and how you market yourself because you are also a product. So today we have Deepak uh, Vadera, who is the director of inbound sales at Leadfeeder London. Leadfeeder is a website visitor analytics software that shows you the companies visiting your website and how they got there, what pages they clicked. Very interesting software when I went through their website. So kudos to uh, Deepak, and I also looked at your journey, You know how you have been progressing in this organization over the last three or four years. So thank you so much for coming to this uh, episode, Deepak.
0: Thank you very much, Saurabh, for having me on your show. It's, it's my pleasure.
1: So to kickstart with, um, I would definitely start with this question only as to how can one build their personal brand on LinkedIn according to you?
0: Well, I guess the first step is deciding what do you want to be known for? So I think there's three components when it comes to getting started and getting going with a personal brand. So on first, in, in first place, you have your, your personal profile. So what is it that you want to be known for? And then building your personal profile with that in mind. The next step is creating content. So curating and creating content that your audience will enjoy reading. So if you know who you're selling to and who's gonna find relevant what you have to say, you'd ultimately know what they're interested in hearing and then start creating content uh, on the back of that. Uh, I can't stress that consistency really is key. So it's imperative that you build a content pipeline that you can then resort to in in cases where you're not feeling inspirational, or you have too much on your plate, you can't really dedicate time to create content from scratch. So on first hand, like I said, we had your personal profiles then building that content, and then lastly, you know, growing your network, connecting with with the right people. Um, you know, those could be people that you ultimately sell to, partners. Uh, individuals who complement the solution that you're offering, or people can, who can perhaps open up those doors for you and introduce you to the right people as well. Um, so, yeah, growing your network um, and networking with people, putting yourself out there, essentially.
1: So, uh, you based upon two important points. Uh, one point was growing your content pipeline mm-hmm. and also expanding your network. How do you see people doing that in their day-to-day lives? Because you know this is a very common thing that I keep on hearing from people. Uh, I also uh, learned doing it just a few years back. Before that, I was not at all active on LinkedIn. But some of the people also come back to me, and you know they have this question that how should we find time along with our studies or our work life to be regular on LinkedIn?
0: I think it's simply setting time aside for LinkedIn, uh, so just blocking off time on your calendar to actually do it. Just because if you don't manage your calendar, it'll end up owning you at some point. So making sure you have time aside, maybe you have a 30-minute block every day to go through LinkedIn and do those three things. So on, I mean, your profile, you can your, you can get it done. Um, your profile, you can get it done, uh, you know, on on one occasion, and then and spend those thirty minutes connecting with people, with new people, adding at least one or two new people to your network every single day, and actually having a conversation with them—not just connecting with them and leaving it there, but actually starting a conversation with them. Uh, then spend time curating and creating content. So working, you know, maybe spending fifteen minutes from that half an hour just creating new content. You're probably not going to be posting every single day as you're getting started. So you can spend fifteen minutes today and fifteen minutes tomorrow to create some content, and then spend the remaining um, 10 minutes uh, engaging and interacting with other people on your newsfeed, so people that you're connected to, engaging and interacting with their content, Um, and then yes, just putting yourself out there uh, with with your interactions, with your engagement.
1: Yeah, I think this is a great point that you have raised, that keeping slots uh, in your calendar to do the same. And, uh, you know, that's what I also learned from you a few months back when you interacted with me. And I also started creating this content pipeline. Previously, I, was, uh, I used to interact on LinkedIn uh, in the last year as well, but it was generally one post a week. Uh, but now that frequency uh, got increased, I'm still trying to be more punctual, you know, as punctual as you uh, who comes up with uh, one or two posts, not, wa- not uh, a week, but every day. Uh, and you know that's something which uh, also I would love to know from you how do you come up with so much of variety because when I read your posts it's not only one kind of post or similar kind of post it's a lot of variety you have LinkedIn polls you have posts on sales and now recently you have started posting your own videos in uh, those beautiful forests so how are you coming up with all those content?
0: So I repurpose a lot of my content. So a lot of the content that you see that has already been pushed out there is content that I've published in the past, but I'm now, now producing it in a different format. So I'm repurposing it in a different format. Um, but the underlying message is the same. So that, that's one of my tricks. Um, the other one is simply putting myself out there in terms of reading content. So I do read a lot of content. I follow you know, individuals that I look up to or people who are on the same boat as me. And the more content I read, the more content I consume, the better I get as a writer when it comes to producing that content as well. Um, at the same time, I also chat um, with with our clients, understand the challenges that they're going through, uh, what are some you know, trends in the industry, for example, I chat to our customer support team, what sort of conversations are they having, what sort of interac- interactions are they having? Uh, What sort of objections do they encounter on a day-to-day basis? Because they they get, you know, fired left, right, and center with objections and they know what sort of challenges people are going through, what issues our clients have or our prospects have. So these are great sources of kind of inspiration for me. So again, it's just setting out that time aside to gather that that data, gather that knowledge, those insights, uh, just so I have a lot to then work on when it comes to producing that content. So looking out for ideas for that content curation And then I can set time aside for that creation out of those 15 minutes that I proposed on a given day. Uh, And yeah, the more inspiration you have, the more sources you have, uh, you know, the more variety you have as well. So in my case, I target two personas. I target salespeople and marketers, which means that I have a lot more content that I can leverage on that will be of interest to both departments. And, And so that's why you see a lot more variety uh, from from my point of view because I'm, I'm going towards i'm targeting two personas
1: yeah that's that's really great people um and i think that's what uh, i really like about your linkedin profile is that you have a lot of uh, content but it's not at all boring uh, sometimes you might just come up with a content which is of similar type i would not like to engage with that quite regularly but your content has got that variety which uh, really makes it interesting to read um, and something you know which people uh, can definitely look at. But people uh, who are listening to us might also want to know why is it necessary for them to create a personal brand on LinkedIn because uh, there are so many other ways of networking, there are so many other ways of getting connected to future employers, how do you see the importance of LinkedIn getting more and more every year?
0: I think having a personal brand will help you stand out amongst the crowd. Let's take the CRM space as an example. It's a very saturated market and ah, ah, I'm feeling the tiredness of
1: all morning, man. All good, all good. Take, take, take a break. No worries. Uh, I can always delete it. Cool.
0: So let's take the CRM space as an example. It's a very saturated market. On one hand, it presents an opportunity whereby no one has actually created a CRM platform that ticks all the boxes just because there's so many players out there. But on the other hand, it's created a problem of having too much choice. There's so many CRM tools out there. Which one should we choose? Uh, And and I guess using the same example from an individual point of view, there's so many people applying for one given role. For example, a role at Lead Theater. We get 90 plus applicants for one of our roles on a weekly basis. Um, and we, we, we go through all of them individually, but the ones that, that really stand out often have built a personal brand. They've done something different and they showcase this through their personal brand, you know, standing up for something or doing something that's a little bit out of the ordinary, or just being a bit more creative in their approach. So a personal brand will essentially help you um, get to that point where you can, when you have a lot more at hand, or you're known for something, and that allows you to then open up some doors. Um, in terms of going and, and, and thinking and, and kind of setting up that personal brand, Think about things that you wanna be known for as an individual or what sets you apart as an individual as well. What's something unique about yourself that you can capitalize on and use that and be known for that. So for example, uh, in my case, I became location independent. I kickstarted my life as a digital nomad back in 2017. And I've been using that or when I did you know, initially start making those work on my personal brand in the early days, I started using that—the fact that I was traveling around, going to new countries, meeting new people, um, you know, getting out of time of my comfort zone to to engage in activities that I wasn't uh, used to, or or you know, just being adventurous in all the things that I was taking part in—I was using that and tying that to the role that I was working in as well. So finding a link between traveling and backpacking and sales, and I leveraged that to stand out and be unique. And I let that shine through my personal brand. Like this is what I want to be known for. I want to be known as the the, the sales backpacker, you know. For example.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's a wonderful way of putting forward the things uh, and how you are targeting just sales and marketing. It shows that you are quite focused towards one specific area. It also shows that uh, you have already decided what you want to do. Um, at an early age which is a good thing um, another thing that i uh, would love to know is uh, the different sections that you have on linkedin so there are always uh, you know some importance there is always some importance of those different sections such as the heading or the summary or what you are putting in the recommendations or are you putting uh, anything in the featured section how do you see the importance of these sections uh, for different kinds of people? So let's take, for example, because you are in sales and marketing, for people who might be listening from sales and marketing domain, how, will um, how can they differentiate themselves from others?
0: There's a lot of components to a LinkedIn profile. So let's take the, build, um, the cover photo uh, as an example. So I see that as a billboard. Uh, Just because it it takes a big chunk of real estate from your profile when you go into someone's profile that suddenly captures your attention. So using that billboard, that cover photo to gather someone's attention, but then also keep them interested. So, you know, having something creative there or even having your contact details as reference. So as soon as, as someone goes on your profile, they check out your profile, they go through it, they scroll through it. They like what they read. They feel like you're the right person to help them with their goals and objectives they know immediately how to contact you because you're, you're, that call to action or your contact details are listed in your cover photo. That could be one way in which you can make that, you know, you really leverage that, that billboard um, for something that, that's a bit more meaningful and then at least get people to take an action or at least have that contact detail as a reminder there. Uh, then we come into the about section or, or, or before that, actually, we come into the, you know, we have your photo and then you have your headline And uh, something I advise salespeople to do is really use that as a headline in the true sense of its words. A lot of people add their job title there, which is fine, but you often end up repeating that in the experience section as well. So why don't you use that headline um, to highlight something unique about yourself or a unique selling point uh, of your product or service, just to stand out um, and, and gather someone's attention because ultimately, Again, think of it as a headline. If someone doesn't like the headline, they're less likely to read everything, anything else that comes after. So use that headline in the true sense of its words to stand out. And then after the headline, we get to the experience section. So again, here is I focus here on the why. You know, why do you get up in the morning to do what you do? What is it that you do, and how do you help the people that your product or services aim towards? I still see a lot of people using the experience section or the about section sorry um as a place to kind of uh you know as, as a cover letter of, of some sort. so there's people on there that go in and, and write things like you know i'm confident hard working and that's great because everybody wants to work with someone who's hard working and confident that's a given uh, at least that's what everybody expects so you shouldn't have to really say that so use that uh, you know, shine, use that to say something unique about
1: yourself or what drives you, what gets you going and why do you do what you do? Yeah, that's great. That's great to know. Uh, What do you mean by this thing? Uh, Because I think uh, there's definitely a counter question coming, uh, which a lot of people would love to know. Um, And I know this thing that a lot of people write this thing in their profiles that they are confident and hardworking. What do you mean by not using these phrases and Using something else to showcase their personal brand. So, like I said, people want to
0: work with people who are hardworking or confident. You shouldn't really have to say that. People will assume that you are hardworking or confident. It's it's obvious, right? No one wants to work with someone who's not. So, you know, leave that to aside and use it instead as a means to to showcase something unique about yourself. Or differentiate, this is a chance for you to differentiate yourself between, you know, someone who's providing, you know, someone who has relatively the same profile as you do, and and what sets you apart from them? Like, why you? Why should someone work with you as an individual? Take the CRM uh, case as an example. So, you know, uh, the CRM providers that offer marginally different solutions, why should someone opt to work with you? When that other person can provide me with roughly the same, but why should they choose you as an individual? And that's where that about section comes in. Use it to stand out and shine through something that makes you unique as an
1: individual. Also, coming back to the LinkedIn post uh, and the content that you create, Mm -hmm. uh, what would you be recommending to different kinds of people in terms of uh, the content that they should be posting on their profiles, because again, there is a lot of content coming on a day to day basis. Is there any process or uh, structure that they should follow while posting that? Because obviously if somebody is in recruitment, they would love to post more towards recruitment. If somebody is towards artificial intelligence, they would want to post something related to uh, what's going on with the AI in 2022 or, you know, those kind of trends. So any kind of structure that they should follow before thinking of, uh, you know, because this might be heard by people who might start after this um, episode and would want to know a structure. Okay, that's how I will start from next week.
0: Mm -hmm. I think the first thing to do is understand your audience, research and understand your audience to know what are they interested in reading, what's going to add value to them as an individual, like what are they after? Um, and then once you've figured that out, th- think about producing content that ticks one of these three boxes. So content that's educational, content that's engaging, and last but not least, content that excites your audience to want to take action. As long as you can tick one of these three boxes, that's a good piece of content. And then when you create that piece of content, keep this in mind. You want to create content that your audience is going to like. So again, that's where that research comes in. You know exactly what your audience is after, what's going to add value to them, what's going to excite them to want to take action. Then you want to create co- content that allows you to qualify your audience. This is um, especially true in my case, for example, where I'm targeting two personas, two personas who have a very, a very varied set of interests, right? Like sales and marketers, they're usually after very different things, even though they're ultimately working towards that same goal, ideally, in an ideal world. Um, They're usually they have different interests, different things in mind, different things that they're working on. Because I'm targeting multiple personas in sales and marketing, I need to think about creating content that allows me to qualify my audience. So this post that I'm posting today is aimed for salespeople. The post that I'm pushing out in a couple of days time, that's going to be for marketers, for example. Uh, So understanding that if you are targeting different personas. Um, And the last one, try and create the content by yourself. Because if you start relying on external sources, that content will ultimately not sound like you. You want your content to sound as authentic as it can be. And it can only happen that way if it comes from you. Because ultimately those individuals who are reading that content are in some shape or form gonna be dealing with you. So you wanna try and let your content do the speaking for you, do the selling for you to a certain extent. Uh, just like when you see my post, right? The, the post that you, that you see of mine they sound like me. They sound like what I'm spe- how I'm speaking at the moment, and I'm using the same verbiage that I'm using at the moment as well. So just keep it authentic when, when you do push something out there. You don't need to aim for having you know buzzwords or or you know write long paragraphs. People want something that's easy to digest, easy to take in, and ultimately it's educational, engaging, or excites them. That's what they want to read. Just think about why do people come to social in the first place? They come to things you know somewhat easier, right? They the, that's that's the whole point of, of having a social network. People come to learn things, but they also come go on there to take things easier. And you know, they, they want to be inspired. They want to feel better, see something that's gonna help them, you know, make them smile or make them laugh as well. So just keep those things in mind. It doesn't have to be just purely educational.
1: Yeah. I think these are really good points when you talk about being authentic and being transparent and because that's when people will start trusting you and what you are posting. Otherwise, uh, definitely you will keep on posting, but nobody uh, or very less people would love to engage with your post. Um, Related to the post only, uh, would love to ask you uh, that people who will start their personal branding or who might be doing their personal branding right now would have this question that there are some factors on which the content would depend, for example, Are you using any hashtags? Are you tagging people? Um, Are you generating some discussion on your comment section? What time are you posting your content? Is that the right time for your target audience? How would you rate these factors into consideration when you are posting your LinkedIn posts? A lot to take in there. So I'll start
0: off with the time to post. This really depends on your audience and ultimately when are they gonna be on social? And you can only get to this conclusion if you start posting and over time you'll know, hey, my audience seems to be more active on a Monday at 3 p.m. because I'm targeting so-and-so in this geographical region, for example. But you can only get to that conclusion if you start posting because you know, your audience will not be the same as mine. And it is true that there's a lot of statistics out there on on best times to post, but they don't take into consideration your audience, the people that you are targeting and going after. So the only way you can get to that conclusion is if you start posting yourself. Uh, You mentioned hashtags as well. So hashtags, again, will really depend on your topics, the topics you're posting about, your industries. Um, I would say, again, test hashtags that are not too generic so you want to try and move away from those. So things like, you know, hashtag sales, they have a high search volume. Yes. Um, they have a high follower count as well, but your content is ultimately going to get lost or fall through the cracks if you just use those generic hashtags, because there's so many people using them at the same time. So try and look for something that's, that's got relatively good visibility, but hasn't really been exploited yet. Uh, I did this with a couple of hashtags such as hashtag prospecting. It it wasn't that well known a couple of years ago, at least when I started posting. And to this day, when I sort uh, top rated posts under hashtag prospecting, it still shows up some of my older posts. So it can work to your advantage if you choose the right hashtags and you think about ahead like you think about the future because you never know when a certain hashtag is going to become trending or it's going to be used by a lot more people. So when it comes to tagging people, I would say just be very cautious who you tag and why you tag them. You don't want to tag them for the sake of it because you're just after their attention. You want to tag them. There's actually going to be something in there for them. So if you tag someone, let them know why you've tagged them. So tag them. Let's say I tag you. I'll let you know why I've tagged you. I, I'll write why. It's, it's not just a random tag there. Um, so that way, you know, exactly, uh, what is it that you're going to be getting out of that post as well. It's, I'm not just after your attention or your engagement on that post. So just be very mindful of that. Um, when it comes to commenting on your posts and, and in, interacting with other individuals, if someone takes time to comment on your post, the least thing you can do, um, the least you can do is reciprocate as in go back to them and you know, give them a thumbs up to that comment or. Uh, reply back to their comment, if they're asking for something, uh, it's the least you can do to acknowledge their participation in 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 that comment yeah, or in, in your post, I mean, and um, yeah, something that I do often is I try and spread out my engagement on my posts. So if, some, if people start interacting with my post, uh, I'll obviously get back to them. But after a certain amount of time, I'll try and space it out. So I'll try and respond to comments a little bit later. Just because if I do it that way, my post will show up in other people's news feeds as something, you know, there's, there's action happening in that post now, even though the post was published, you know, a couple of hours ago. So I like to spread out my responses to comments after the first hour or so.
1: Yeah, absolutely great. I think uh, these are the insights which really we, uh, we look for uh, in this episode for anyone who would be listening to us another thing uh, which definitely we want to discuss here is how can people build quality relationships with people around the globe one thing which we see is that we start connecting with a lot of people Uh, we don't know but uh, we don't even add any personalized note you know importance of adding a personalized note to a new connection who might be relevant to you who might not have any first uh, first you know, direct connection, second-hand connection or third-hand connection, that's fine, but still you want to connect with that individual, how important it is to send the personalized note and also what are the tips would you like to give to build that quality relationship from people around the globe?
0: I think giving a people a reason to connect, because if you just send a blank connection request, For the most part, a lot of people will accept that connection request, but because there's been no interaction, no one has taken that first step, the chances of that connection request leading to something meaningful is very low. So what I like to do is before I send a connection request, I'll take a look at that person's profile. You know, what are they working on? What is something that they've interacted with recently? What is something that they've posted recently? And maybe take that or use that as a means to start that conversation. So at least I'm taking that first step. I'm starting the conversation. And then they have something to at least get back to. Uh, what I notice is a lot of salespeople will start their conversation with a pitch. And it, it, just, it just gives the impression that you deserve someone's time. But no one deserves anyone's time. You know, we, time is a finite resource. Um, you need to show someone that you, 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 time is a finite resource. So you need to earn someone's time if it's, if it's something that you're after. So what I like to remind my sales team is, you know, give, 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 and then ask for something. But you need to lead with that intention to give first because you're after their time. It's not the other way around. So you need to show them that you you earn their time and it's not something you you deserve that you don't, you don't have that sense of entitlement to it. So that's why I say, you know, do some research, look that person up and then give them a good reason to connect. Yeah, so for example, absolutely. if I notice you're working on this podcast, I might send you a resource on it. You know, this is what you can do. Um, you know, this is someone that who could, you could potentially invite to your podcast, or this is uh, what I recommend you adding to your podcast, for example. Uh, and then that way, at least start with some, some advice or a suggestion or, um, yeah, some, something in common that I noticed that you're interested in or, or the fact that, for example, you, like myself, we both left our home countries to go somewhere else to study and pursue um, you know, a, a degree in academia abroad. So that's something that we have in common and might, might be something that I would have used to start a conversation with you, for instance.
1: Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, I know this is uh, this session is more about personal brand, but definitely since you're talking about LinkedIn, a um, lot of people who are working in companies uh, are using it for B2C and B2B marketing as well. How do you see LinkedIn as a platform Uh, For those people, how can they make the best use of it for their B2B and B2C, um, you know, roles for LinkedIn? Because LinkedIn is really driving a lot of sales these days. If you use it properly, the only thing is how to use it properly. And do you have the right skills and the right tools to use it properly? Isn't it?
0: Right, um, it, it's it's good to have a strategy in place on how to best use the platform because just doing things at random won't yield um, consistent or tangible results. So I think definitely you need to you think you need to think about the strategy first, or implement the strategy and then work on that, and make make sure everyone's pretty much on the same wavelength, like pretty much everyone in the team, the whole company is behind that same idea. In terms of using LinkedIn for B two C, that's That's out of my expertise. I haven't worked in B2C. I don't know what it's like using LinkedIn for B2C. So it's something that I can't really speak about. But using it from a B2B standpoint, it is a very powerful network. Um, You mentioned at the beginning, you know, only a certain percent of LinkedIn users are actually posting content on a regular basis. That's actually less than 1%. So less than 1% of LinkedIn users are showing up on a weekly basis, posting content out there, which makes LinkedIn an absolute goldmine for someone who who's using it to to put themselves out there, it it serves as a great opportunity for anyone to shine if they do it right, if they play their cards right.
1: Yep. I think these are really great suggestions, Deepak, that we have discussed during this session. Before we end today's uh, episode, do you have any top two or three tips uh, for people to take away with uh, for building their personal brand on LinkedIn out of so many things that we have discussed?
0: I'd say be authentic, only write about things that you know, care, and are passionate about. You know, I, you'll never see me writing about, at least not in the near future, uh, about coding, for example, because I just don't know that. It's, it's not something that I'm working on, I have any knowledge or experience in. So I only stick to what I know uh, from my experience and things that I'm interested in. So stick to what you know, stick to your, to your strengths. Um, don't try and be someone you're not. Ultimately, you will get caught out sooner or later. And uh, once your image is tarnished, like you know, once someone has picked you out as as a fluke, or they know that you know you're not someone who knows what they're genuinely talking about, it's very hard to come back from that. So yeah, just stick to what you know. Uh, another piece of advice is, and again, I can't stress it enough: uh, be consistent. So as you get going, it's not about you know pushing out so many posts uh, in one go, it's about you know, spreading them out. So if you haven't posted before, you know, start slow. It's, it's okay to start with one post per week and then building up to two posts per week. Um, I would say the sweet spot is every other day. Um, so because Just because the, the half-life of a LinkedIn post is, is 24 hours. So a LinkedIn post can ultimately survive for at least 48 hours, two days. So you don't need to worry about posting every single day. You can give yourself that day in between to to produce or refine your content or plan the content for the day after. Um, And then the other one I'd say is is just have fun, enjoy yourself and uh, enjoy the journey because it is a journey. It's not a destination that you're gonna arrive to. Building a personal brand means maintaining that over the course of time it's something that's going to constantly be evolving and changing uh, as times change and, and adapting with different scenarios different trends different patterns uh in the industry so just yeah enjoy the journey as well as, as you get started and get going
1: thank you so much Deepak i think these are the suggestions that a lot of people uh will be interested to know as i said before as well and you have touched upon all the critical segments of LinkedIn, including what to include in your profile, what kind of uh, posts people can come out with, and how they can get connected with people. And you know those critical suggestions that you gave to be authentic, be regular with your content. I'm sure that if a lot of people start using it, it's going to be a tough competition for people like you on LinkedIn. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good good way of getting connected to more people in the coming times um, through LinkedIn if they use it properly for their businesses as well as for building their personal brand and I think LinkedIn is nowadays also being used for networking. A lot of people are posting their events uh, online events offline events on LinkedIn inviting sending us invites Uh, We didn't uh, touch base upon sending in-mails, which is also being used a lot by companies. Before we end, do you want to touch base upon the uh, in-mail segment? Because I just thought of touch basing upon that as well.
0: Sure thing. But before I go into that, I just want to iterate that the space for everyone to succeed. Just because everybody brings something unique to the table. So that's nothing to worry about. Um, everybody has something that makes them stand out in a different manner. And so there's space for everyone to succeed and, and, and win on LinkedIn. So I don't think that's a problem uh, that anyone needs to worry about. You know, it's it's, it's not going to get to a point where it's hard to stand out because, like I said, everybody brings something unique to the table. Yeah. When, it, when it comes to emails, um, traditionally people have been kind of shying away from even looking at their in mail inbox just because they see it as a straight up pitch. If done well, if done right, you can, you know, stand the chance of getting good replies on emails, but you have to, you know, move away from that pitch and use it again in a creative, in a creative way. So uh, you know making sure you have a good subject line, for example, that's going to captivate someone's attention and reel them in essentially. And then Using that body as well, not to pitch, but to really open up a conversation. Realistically, just because people are very scared and very cautious of receiving an email, they just see it as a, um, you know, upfront pitch that they're going to be getting and is most likely going to be deleted. Like the statistics for uh, email opens and emails reads are, are are quite low, just because of that. People have so have been used to receiving so many pitches um, that they're just. Uh, yeah, dissuaded from even opening up their email inbox.
1: Yep. Thank you so much for answering on the emails part as well. Um, And I'm quite sure a lot of people uh, might want to come back to you for a detailed session. I'm sure Deepak would love to give you a detailed session and book you for a detailed session. So if you want to, um, you know, have your profile uh, judged or corrected by Deepak, feel free to get connected with him and also subscribe to his channel uh, he only shared a few days back there is a new bell icon at the top of at the top uh, right of your linkedin profile which helps you to get notified like the youtube channel uh, with the bell icon so if you want to get uh, subscribe to his channel and also the channel of ultimate global podcast to listen to more such stories from around the world uh, you can subscribe to both the channels and Get connected to him. Thank you so much, Zeepak. I really appreciate you spending uh, your time today during your deep. Day-
0: it's my pleasure, uh, Sarab. Thank you very much for having me on your show. And uh, yeah, look forward to catching up with you soon.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day ahead. You too. Bye.
0: This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Sorab Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.